You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast. Your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. Today, Brennan and I are going to discuss what happens after bonus depreciation completely phases out and everybody's left with perhaps these large gains uh, that they're going to have to pay taxes on. Um, so we're going to dive right into that in one second uh, after a quick word from Landlord Studio. If you're a do-it-yourself landlord managing rental properties, Landlord Studio is made for you. The software helps landlords simplify income and expense tracking. With their easy-to-use app, you can digitize receipts, record income and expenses in real time, generate reports, and even manage leases and tenants. Plus, Landlord Studio makes late rental payments and bank visits a problem of the past with secure online rent collection. Get the rent paid directly to your bank account, and you can even automate rent reminder emails and late payment fees. Landlord Studio is also the best way to stay tax compliant. They offer a range of financial reports, including Schedule E and supplier expense reports designed for tax time. You can learn more about Landlord Studio and start your 14-day free trial at landlordstudio.com CPA and use the coupon code realestatecpa at checkout to get 25% off your plan. Again, that's landlordstudio.com CPA and use the code realestatecpa to get 25% off your plan today. All right. Ever since 2017, when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act came out, 100% bonus depreciation has set the real estate world on fire, and everybody wants to take 100% bonus depreciation. Maybe you're qualifying as a real estate professional, and you're taking the the bonus depreciation from your long-term rentals and generating losses to take against your active income. Maybe you're using the short-term rental loophole, or maybe you're just using a completely passive strategy. But the big question is... After you take bonus depreciation and your adjusted basis is lowered and you go sell that property, eventually you're not going to have any more bonus depreciation to cover those losses. So what happens at that point? Mm. Yeah. Well, and then at that point you, the bill comes due, right? So if you are selling your property at that point, you don't have any losses and there's no more, you can't do this kind of uh, what I think of it as like an arbitrage strategy where I buy a new property, take the bonus depreciation, create the loss to offset the gain on sale of my old property then the bill comes due because I'm selling my old property. I, I think that the, well, <laughs> I guess we shouldn't count on anything, but the 1031 exchange will hopefully still be around. So you'll still have right. options. You can, you can roll forward your depreciation recapture, you know, your entire gain can roll forward in that 1031 exchange. But I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what people will do. I think that people will end up holding on to their assets for a longer period of time, you know, and, and this is all it's, it's hitting zero in 2027, right? So we're, right we are uh, four and a half years away from this actually occurring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is quite some time away, so it's not something you have to worry about today, but something that is on people's mind and some, a question we do get from time to time, why we want to discuss it here today. I think what Brandon said makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're going to have to look and hopefully the 1031 exchange is still here. That's probably going to be your best exit strategy to minimize your exposure to the depreciation recapture. I think there's some other ways you can go look at it too. 
Um, you could hold the property like Brendan said as well. And remember when you hold property, if it keeps appreciating and based on the fundamentals that are currently in place, the market fundamentals, supply and demand, it's likely to continue to appreciate for the foreseeable future. Again, we don't have a crystal ball, but likely based on what we understand, you can actually refi out of your properties rather than selling them, pull cash out and use those to acquire additional properties. So rather than selling a property, recognizing the capital gain, you hold on to the property and you can take advantage of some of that equity buildup through a cash out refi or through a HELOC, something along those lines to be able to do it. So not exiting is one using a 1031 exchange is another option. Something also to remember is just because hundred percent bonus depreciation is phasing out. Doesn't mean that cost segregation studies are going to be rendered useless or that cost segregations themselves are phasing out. They've been around for a long time. They're not going anywhere. So you could potentially buy a larger property, uh, sell your property, buy a larger property in a future year and still run a cost segregation study. And then you would still be able to take accelerated depreciation on that five, seven, or 15 year property that's associated with it, which could still help you increase your depreciation expense. It might still generate a loss from you. Of course, it's not going to be these massive losses that we're seeing with hundred percent bonus depreciation or even 80 or 60% bonus depreciation that we're going to see in the next few years, but it could still, help mitigate that expense. Well, and that's, a, that's an important point because I think a lot of people have been asking me, why would anybody ever get a cost segregation study if they can't use bonus depreciation? But we got to remember, I mean, we've been cost segregating things for a long time. 100% bonus depreciation was implemented in 2017. So it's a relatively young thing. I mean, we, we had 50% before that, but 100% starting in 2017. So in 2027, four and a half years from now, when bonus depreciation is zero, caustic studies are still going to play a role because I mean, just, just think about it. Like if I, if I have, if I don't get a caustic study and I've got this, I've got $27,000 worth of value and I don't cost segregate this property that this $27,000 worth of value is a part of, then that's a thousand dollars a year of depreciation that I get to claim, right? Because it's 27 and a half years. That's how long you depreciate property. It's a thousand dollars a year of depreciation that I get to claim. But if I do a cost segregation study. And it turns out that that $27,000 worth of value is actually five-year property. Well, now we're talking about at least $5,000, 50, what, $5,200, $5,400 a year in annual depreciation that I get to claim for five years, right? So it still plays a role. You know, I get an extra $4,400 of depreciation every single year for five years. So still beneficial, especially when you start factoring in the time value of money aspect that I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second. But I just want to, you know, but bonus depreciation is great. Don't get me wrong, but there are plenty of strategies to continue to mitigate the cash flow that you're receiving from your rentals. It just might not be as optimized as it has been since 2017. Right, right, right. And yeah, like you just mentioned, the time value of money, I think is another thing to factor in here and why using bonus depreciation makes sense in the first place, right? By using 100% bonus depreciation, and especially if you're able to use it to qualify as a real estate professional or as part of the short-term rental loophole, you're saving substantial amounts of money on taxes, substantial amounts of money that you would be paying to the government that you can take back, put in your pocket and reinvest to acquire more property presumably do the same thing for as long as 100% bonus depreciation and bonus depreciation is around in the first place. But it's really building your wealth, right? Because if let's just say you to pay the government $50,000 in taxes, you did not use a cost segregation study, you did not take 100% bonus depreciation, and you paid $50,000 to the government. Well, at $50,000 at a 75% LTV, that's $200,000 worth of property 
that you could acquire right? And if you just keep acquiring property and you're investing the right way, you're either going to A, increase your net worth as the property appreciates and you have principal pay down through the pay down of your loans, increasing your wealth, right? Or, and, or I should say, you're going to have additional cash flow coming to you that you could then use to buy more property, put down payments or whatever you're going to use that cash flow for. This is money that would not exist to you if you simply paid the government. So you have to ask yourself, you have to sometimes think of it more than just a tax perspective and look at it as an overall investment perspective and say to yourself, you know, if your goal is to keep acquiring property, building a portfolio, building wealth, using bonus depreciation accelerates that now. And like we've just said on this podcast, there are ways later on after bonus depreciation phases out in 2027 to mitigate your exposure to that tax hit in the future through the 1031 exchange, cost segregation studies on future properties, and just simply using your more traditional accelerated depreciation you find under Mackers. But like, even if you had no other option, you had to sell in 2027 or beyond that, like 1031s are off the table holding until I die and passing it on to my kids. So they get a stepped up basis. That's off the table. Bonus depreciations off the table and cost eggs are off the table. So you eliminate everything, right? And you just straight up sell it. You're going to have recapture as right. Tom was just kind of mentioning, but how many years, like if I buy a property today and I use cost seg and bonus depreciate it and I can claim the loss today, if, if I'm able to do that, and now I don't sell till 2027. That's four and a half years of growth of that that money that I've saved from this cost segregation study, this this loss, right? I mean, that's a long time. And if you if you push that out, I mean, if you can get 10 years, 15 years of growth of the money that has come from the cost seg, from the bonus depreciation, even if you eventually have to pay it all back, the growth you get to keep, right? The the additional appreciation you get to keep. So the longer that you can you can use that money and reinvest that money, the better off you're going to be. And I think people forget about that because they get to the end and they go, oh, this was just not worth it. We hear that every once in a while. It's just not worth it. I can't believe that I have to pay all this recapture. It's like, well, the only reason you have to pay the recapture is because you were able to use the loss to begin with. Because if you weren't able to use the loss, then the loss would just offset the gain in the future right, and there right, would be no recapture. Right, absolutely. So you were able to use the loss and that created tax savings for you and whether you realized it or not, it created tax savings for you. Sometimes it just offsets rental income and people don't realize that they're getting right. tax savings because it just doesn't really impact them in the current year. But the loss is being used, but that's creating tax savings for you. And then the question is, what did you do with the tax savings? If you went out and bought a Ferrari, then yeah, the, the recapture is going to be really painful because the Ferrari is depreciated in value, yeah. actually depreciated in value. And now you don't have enough cash to cover that recapture tax, right? But if you went out and bought more real estate, uh, if you bought equities, I was going to say Bitcoin, but I don't know. Yeah, you <laughs> maybe Bitcoin, maybe not. Uh, you know, just if you go and buy appreciating assets with your tax savings, you will be much better. You'll be way ahead, uh, especially after a six, seven year hold. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the bottom line is it's not something to fear, especially if you're using the, the tax savings you're getting to reinvest. So having said all of that, uh, hope that helps that clear up the situation. Bonus depreciation is there for a reason. It is there. It generally helps people more than it hurts them, especially if you're reinvesting the money. But having said that, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, go to www.facebook.com slash group slash Tax Smart Investors. Become a member. There's over... 
9,000 people in there, almost 10,000, I think actually. And uh, a lot of great conversations are taking place and is something you're not going to want to miss out on. So we'll see you there. And until the next time, happy investing. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.